0: Uh, it's February twenty second, two thousand twelve. This is five hundred eight, a show about Worcester.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, this is Jen Burt. Today here we're here in the HX Library. Also on the show today,
0: Nicole Bostla.
1: Hi, Nicole. Hi. And from Jeremy Schulkin from Worcester, from Worcester, Worcester magazine. magazine. And Kevin Kazen from Worcester, from the city of Worcester.
0: <laughs> My name is Michael <laughs>
1: Benedetti, and today on the show we're going to be talking about government transparency. We're also going to talk about a couple of other things. Oh, and on the telephone, the tiny telephone, we have Michael Morrissey in Boston. Hi, Michael. Hi. Great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So today on the show we're going to talk about um, various things, including government transparency, because this thing called Sunshine Week is coming up. This is a week where people agitate for transparency in government around the country. They, they take a week in March and they just do this every year. And this year, today on the show we're going to talk about some ideas that we should have around Sunshine Week. Uh, a lot of different news in Worcester this week. we got to mention that Matt Feinstein, frequent guest on 508, won a Youth Leadership Award from the Telegram and Gazette today. Good job, Matt. Um, and do you want to talk
0: about this library real quick? Sure.
1: Where are we, Jen? What is this So place?
0: this is the Ajax Library. Mm-hmm. Um, this came into being um, after the Stone Soup fire. We had a bunch of books from the library that come from the Firecracker Library. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of sitting in various storage places and we kind of felt it was silly mm-hmm. to be having them sit there so we started this library it's a kind of radical library it comes HX comes from the Library of Congress system so that's like what they put like socialism anarchism utopias <laughs> under the HX section Yes. so we have way more than that we have you know we have fiction we have, um, we have some children's literature we have how to do like how to books all kinds of stuff but um yeah so you can just come in take out a book um and we also have some events here we've been doing a radical movie night if
1: people want to if people want to come and take out a take out an old copy of the swamp thing or some bakunin <laughs> or whatever how do they how do they find out about where you guys are
0: um we have a facebook page All right. which is the best what we're at southern albert street which All is right. kind of a off ground grant street so
1: okay so you're just you're you're down yeah. near Crystal Park a little bit. Yep,
0: and we're like we don't really have official hours, but we're just kind people of people could Facebook here you and say, hey, I way.
1: want to stop by your house and borrow a book, yeah. and you're up for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thanks for hosting the show today. Okay. No so, government transparency. Let's talk for a second about why government transparency is important. Who here thinks it's important? Who wants to make this statement? Nobody. Nicole? So we- what? <laughs> Do you want, we want
2: to have Michael talk about his. I don't know. Michael's well, let's a
1: good. talk about let's talk about why the people here care about this odd topic. Then we'll talk about Michael's project. Sounds good. Then we'll talk about some actual then maybe we'll talk about some actual potential concrete improvements
3: that could happen. So for so for me it's important cuz it's the bedrock of democracy. It's people being part of their government and not being kept out. It's people knowing what's happening so that they have know what their opinions. You can't form an opinion if you don't have all the information. Okay. And so Example is born for me. It goes back to Save Our Pools, and so the, the genesis of Save Our Pools was a, a two month battle with uh, Moylan to get a copy of these pools reports. So, uh, a little line in T and G article a few years ago mentioned that the city had a report on the the Worcester Pools, mm-hmm. uh, and at that point I filed a public records request to try and get hold of the, that report. Um, took two months. Um, but once we finally got it, and that eventually led to the Save Our Pools campaign. Mm. So it was, people had no idea what was happening, what planning was going on in the background, um, okay. because it was
1: hidden. Mm. Jeremy, you're Jeremy. Now you're like, I mean, you're a professional journalist. What, what, what is, what is, what, is, what role does government transparency play in, uh, in your life? Why is this important? I mean, for me
2: personally, it, it's so helpful to have these source documents so that you have something to base the rest of your story or, or series of articles on. I mean, you you can talk to as many people as you want, but everyone has an agenda and everyone has a different way to spin things or synthesize information differently or maybe just misheard some information. Um, and at least when you get a government report, there's something nailing it down. It could be a biased government report. You know, you can't always get rid of a bias, yeah. but it's at least something there to, to nail everything down to one thing that says, here's what some experts or, or someone has said about, this is a starting point for this
1: larger conversation. Here's what someone has said on the record. Exactly, exactly. Nicole?
4: Um, to expand on what Kevin said, I think that if we really are going to have a participatory government, we need to not only know what's going on in our government, but also to be able to communicate that back um, yeah. to to the people who are um, doing the day-to-day work in government. Um, but... In order to be able to communicate our needs we need to know what's going on mm-hmm. so, yeah.
1: no and you're a government official uh, yes I because you're on the summit cem- you're a cemetery yes, commissioner I'm on the cemetery. <laughs> and do you, does that does that impact your feeling on this at all um, your perspective
4: no no I because I think if, if you're if you're doing it right you should always want to make sure that the the people in government are uh, I mean, the, the people in general are knowing what you're doing because mm. really the decisions that we're making are affecting an awful lot of people potentially mm. whose loved ones are buried or will be buried or who they themselves will one day be buried. So, yeah.
1: Mm. Well, now I think we can talk, turn to Michael on the small phone. Michael, are you still there? I'm here. I wanted to ask you about what it, what, is the, what is the website that you work on? I run a website called muckrock.com. Muckrock.com. And what and what goes on there? What's the idea of this website? Yeah,
5: so I, um, a few years ago I filed my first public records request, just going for some basic police reports and um, and like some other people's experiences, trying to get sort of documents that uh, I knew were out there, and I had a really hard time with that. Um, and you know, people delay, people just sort of ignore your request. Um, and usually your options are either sue or um, you know just kind of give up. And I I was very frustrated and um, quit the process as it existed, and so what we decided to do with MuckRock was sort of bring that process into the uh, the 21st century and let people to file requests and track them all online without having to file um, a fax or uh, you know, not having to know what the law is, and we actually generate requests for our users submitted to government agencies, and then um, a lot of times those requests are public, so we kind of try to apply public pressure to get the agencies to actually respond, in time, and over you know over the past year and a half, we've sort of developed a repository of, of government documents, um, you know, sort of that other people have requested that now anybody can view.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! So you so you so you automated the process, and then you archive the
5: results. Exactly, yeah, and, and people can keep it private during the request, but afterwards, everything is made publicly available on our site. <laughs>
1: what it, what kind of request is this appropriate for? Is this for like federal stuff or local stuff or what?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, we really wanted to do something that, you know, at the federal level, they're, they're slow, but they're usually eventually respond. And I mean, what we found is that local, um, you know, cities, local agencies are usually the worst offenders when it comes to responding to public records requests. Um... And so we've we filed um, a couple hundred requests in Massachusetts at both the state and the sort of individual city levels. So you know, no matter where you're filing a request, whether it's federal or, or state, um, we can help you out.
1: Do you guys do you guys like sit down and like file paperwork and fax and fax and things, or do you have like a totally automated system?
5: We automated as much as possible, and and that works about ninety five percent of the time. Most most agencies sort of accept email, and we can also sort of do faxes electronically. But there's a lot of sort of agencies and, and sort of departments that will only accept written, you know, mailed in requests, or they won't publish their email address. And we'll go ahead and print that out stick a stamp on it and send it in for you
1: so if people in Worcester want to want to do a public records request and they're not sure and they, you know they don't necessarily want to become experts in the process they can just go to muckrockcom type in some stuff and they're in business
5: yeah I mean that's that's really what we're all about is sort of you don't need to know the law you don't need to know all you need to know is what you're interested in and what kind of try to do our best to sort of help you formulate that into a legal request and then make sure it gets answered cool um, so that it Thing from your school budget to, um, you know, something that's just important to you or something you think is important to the community, and we want to help you out with
1: that. I like this idea. Jeremy, Jer- Jeremy, you said you've, you've used I've it. I've used
2: it. Yeah, I've definitely used it. And, I, and the fun thing about it is it, it, it just shows the the wide breadth of, of what information is sort of cultivated by government. I mean, my favorite thing to do recently, I've been talking to a couple classes at WPI and Clark, too, about this Um and as an example, it's like sort of a hook to get these like 18-year-olds interested in records requests. I'd tell them to go to muckrock.com and look up um, Old Dirty Bastard's FBI file. And yeah. it's 95 pages of just great information about Old Dirty Bastard. Um, and they have Steve Jobs on there, too. And, and, and it's, you know I'm never, I'll never write a story on that kind of stuff, especially at, at Worcester Mag. But right. it's a great way to, to see what information is being kept and how, <clears throat> how the process is to go about getting it and and just sort of the fun stuff that you can find in these reports. I mean, a, a lot of times when I get a a big packet or an email back from records request, it's sort of like like Christmas morning because it's just you don't know what you're going to find in there and and once in a while you find these gem sentences that are just, you know, the person writing it probably didn't think 2 seconds about what they were writing, but to the average person when they read it, it it it's just this wealth of information and knowledge that they didn't have before that you can just stumble
1: upon. Yeah. So I want I wanna to talk, talk to people here about um, ideas for, um, I guess, where, where we should go. Um, you know, like what we should be agitating for during Sunshine Week, or what are maybe some priorities, what are some things that the city can actually do. Because the city is, I mean, in this country we have a reasonably transparent government, right? I mean, the city has, and the city especially has, like, all kinds of stuff online. Sometimes it's a little tricky to find it, but you can find a ton of stuff, at least around city council meetings, um, online. Um I guess I want to go through some of these possible, some of these possible ideas here. Um, one suggestion has been uh, more, there should be more electronic records from the city that you know, doing, doing research on different areas, sometimes it's just a lot of people crawling through a lot of filing cabinets, and this is slow for the city people putting it together, and it's very slow for the reporter or the researcher trying to get this information to, that more of this stuff should be digital. Any comment on this? Yeah,
3: well, it should be online and easily accessible. I think it was just this past year that the city checkbook went online, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that was like, let's let's acknowledge that as a, as a great step. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a lot of stuff similar to that that could be online that people be able to get at and, and not have to make public records requests. It's a matter of just knowing where to click on, off the city webpage. Let's Google around a little bit. Mm-hmm.
2: The city webpage does have good stuff. Yeah, the checkbook is good. Any sort of residential tax information stuff, is they go back, I think, 10 years on the website almost. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. and I mean, it's but it's a matter of navigating and finding it, and then, you know, being able to put more stuff on there on the city's end.
1: You just gotta be persistent. I think it's so funny. There's so so, so much of the time I'm, I'm having conversations with people or having in a meeting with someone, and someone's like, "You know what? The city should really put on the web. They should put such and such online." And you're just gonna be like, "I think it's on there too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on the front page. <laughs> They're way ahead of you." But there's you know, part of it's just finding it, and part of it's just. Yeah, it's like getting more on there. Um, the, the checkbook was a great movement uh, move on that. Um, uh, the investigation, ex- ex- the investigatory exemption was something that someone had brought up, uh, which I guess is the idea that, you know, records that are, things that are part of an ongoing investigation, say an internal affairs investigation for the police or whatever, is exempted under the law from a public records request, maybe until that investigation is closed. And that there's this tendency, or there's this perception that there's this tendency to just, leave these things open because why you know why not cover your ass if you can and just leave these things open as long as possible yeah I think, do you think? That I don't know why I'm putting I think the camera feel, I think the <laughs>
3: feeling is that it's used too much like I think everybody that's uh, attempted to access stuff recognizes that is a legal uh, part of the public records law in in, in yeah. Massachusetts that something under investigation should not be released as public record yeah uh, the concern in Worcester is that it that's overused in Worcester and in blocks public access.
1: What do you think is the ask? Because, I mean, overuse is, you know, I mean, you can say, hey, don't overuse this. And they'll say, great, we won't overuse this. And that's the end of the conversation. What's the ask on this one?
2: I I, wanted, I mean, I don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, one, way, one place to start would be there's some sort of time mechanism, right? The last, the last entry into this file or investigation or the last time it was actually worked on, you know, if it hasn't been touched in two or three years... Probably good bet. It won't be touched for another yeah. two or three or ten years, and not much is going to come of it. Yeah. You know, at that point, that information might not be time sensitive anymore, or or secretive.
1: Do we have a list of all the of everything that's currently falling under this exemption? I don't know. I mean, that would mean that would be just an interesting just just from a public awareness perspective. It would be interesting to say. Does Does the city of Worcester have ten thousand open <laughs> open investigations, or do we have five <laughs> open investigations, or where are we? Right, and yeah. this would extend beyond just department. I mean, the fire department sure, does uh,
5: yeah.
2: investigations. Mm-hmm. The I'm sure the state or uh, the city the code auditor code. code. They I'm sure they all do uh, okay. investigations as
1: well. Yes. Um, bad video archives.
4: Bad video archives. So right now, um, city council meetings and a few other select meetings are online in Microsoft Silverlight, which is not only really annoying if you're not on a PC. Um, but it's not embeddable. It's not like YouTube where you can just press play. You don't need to, for, for instance, for Microsoft Silverlight, you need to download something onto your computer. It's not just you see it, you press play, and watch it. Um,
1: the quality, well, I can also, I can go through yes. a long litany of problems with this. <laughs> the quality is terrible. The quality is half of standard yeah. definition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible to download these things. So the idea that you're going to somehow take this and make a little clip and put this up on YouTube or, or keep this as a record or show, just forward somebody, like, watch from this second on. These things are all impossible. It's generally a disaster. And the city, unfortunately, will not, as as Kevin Kassan and I know from public experience, will not sell you a DVD if they think you're going to put it online. Like, we spent 2000, I think it was 2008, right? Something like that. I think it was like 2007 or 2008. I don't, I don't even remember the year. I think it was 2008, like w- recording every single city council meeting onto a DVD, ripping the DVD, uploading the DVD to the Internet Archive. And, and then at the end of that year, the city finally got their act together and at least put them online. But what we were doing, which was costing us an hour of manual labor and a dollar of a blank DVD every week, you know, whatever you want to call this, twenty-some dollars a week maybe for some city employee to do this was way better than what they have now in every aspect. Didn't require weird plugins. You could download it. You had a great copy. You could make. You could make fun of Mike Germain or whatever you want to do and put your own thing up on YouTube. We could go on and on about
3: this because it's a technical, geeky thing. Well, it's especially important because oftentimes when somebody's looking for something, it's a particular agenda. Item. Yeah, people aren't mm-hmm. tuning in to watch the whole two hours of city council. Mm-hmm. Most folks are trying to track down what did they did they vote on my street? Did they deal with the issue around retirement? And money? what exactly did they you know? say? And right, and so you're you're stuck in this world of like, well, it's probably somewhere in the middle of the meeting. Right. You know, uh, yeah. and so by not allowing any of us that would work on it to be able to download it and, 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 and target things yeah. um, it just makes it inaccessible for folks to have a real conversation and use it.
1: Yes, it's frustrating. well we could go along for a long time about this public records custodian of public records. what's this idea of a custodian of public records? This would be great to have someone city employee be
2: the point person for all. Uh, records requests or just custodian of these records where if you needed something you could email them or send your official records request to this one person they would know exactly in what department to go to to get it uh, who to talk to they would call that information PDF it do whatever they need to do and then send it to the
1: person who filed that request. What do you have to do now? You have to figure out what. what I mean, I'm not quite sure calls. what you do now. I, I try a lot of different things. There,
2: <laughs> there's a there's a spokesperson for the city, and she's responsive. And there's you know I there are certain department heads who I know who I can go to, but okay. you always sort of feel like you are inconveniencing them because there's all this talk about low staffing at city hall, and I'm a very polite Midwestern guy, and so right. when people talk about how busy they are, I start to, you know, I'm sympathize really, I'm with them. really and i I say, oh, I understand. <laughs> I'm so, you know, and, and there's this whole back and forth that doesn't need to be there. And all all it does is, is serve to sort of make you feel bad for doing that request in the first this place. This should
1: be a professional relationship, Jeremy. This it's, shouldn't involve it, anyone feeling like anybody's doing it's, any favors. It's, it's
2: something that, that when I send a request, I should not hear anything back until I actually get back what I want, unless their my request is so full of holes and illegible that they can't figure out what it is. But I generally feel like that's not the case so uh, this point person I know this he's not gonna hire a, a another staff member to do right. just this but this is something you could fold into a job in the clerk's office or somewhere there's some there's someone who has another ten hours of, of the week to devote towards figuring out what requests are going to who and, and how to get that information back in a timely
1: manner. This is work that's already happening, right, is people dealing with, with a request. This all people are still dealing that, with them now. This would be just be somebody who could expedite maybe even exactly be more right now. Right now you have, you know,
2: I think you spend. would have department heads who are sending emails to their staff trying to locate things. And I mean, to be fair, I mean, people like Tim McGarthy or Bob Moylan or whoever have a lot more stuff going on. They don't, right. you know, they shouldn't be spending five hours a week tracking down some, uh, some PDF, for, some right, email. emails, PDFs, old reports. So Get someone else to do that work for them. You know, talk to them, get find the information they need, where is it stored, and then they're the ones who put it all together for the for the person filing that request.
1: I think we have a ton of more stuff. We got to go. We got to go really fast. I just want to make sure that we we talk about before we continue. The In City Times is Black History Month cover. We have a nice article about sort of Black History Month from a national perspective in here by Parley Jones. Um, the only local thing in vis-a-vis Black History Month is that I think that this is a photo of Abby Hoffman here on the front, in amidst Malcolm X and Dr. King and whatnot. And he's not mentioned in the article. He did work on civil rights. Um, he, you know, it's true. I'm not sure that he's, like, really a great hero in American black history, but who knows? Um, uh, audio of all public meetings.
4: Oh, yes. So um, this is something that, that I think Kevin would particularly love. But... Um, <laughs> um, but for the great majority of um, public meetings, um, they're not videotaped, and so really the only way to find out what happened in those meetings is to read the minutes. Mm. And uh, sometimes people would like a little more than what appears in the minutes. Right. Um, there are a lot of uh, meetings that take place in, in rooms that really don't have video set up, but you could certainly take audio of those mm. meetings and then post it on. Online. Yeah, video
1: has all kinds of problems involved. It. Yeah. Audio is pretty straightforward. People could just, I mean, everybody in those meetings, honestly, if they have a smartphone, they could just. They,
4: Correct. The, I mean, the I technology don't, is not
1: tricky. Yeah. Um, locked PDFs. This is another geeky thing.
3: Apparently, there's like a bunch of these locked PDFs out
1: there. Is this true that there's a lot of city PDFs that you can't cut and paste from?
3: Yeah. So I, I forgot what it was a year ago. I was trying to get hold of something and um, I just wanted to be able to copy and paste it so I could email part of the text. I didn't want the whole 15 pages or whatever it was. And I'm just trying to get some part in the middle. And it was just like, it was locked down. And uh, I talked to the city about it. And apparently it's purposeful that there was this concern that people might attempt to counterfeit city documents by copying the text out of the document and then pasting it somewhere else and changing it.
1: These would be people who have the inability to read and type. (laughs) Right. <laughs> for example, or, or or run the PDF through a uh, OCR program right. that would just, you know, read it, read it, read it, and then type it for them automatically. Well, that's ridiculous. We shouldn't have any minimal minimal DRM. This is what I feel like this is. Minimal this exactly. minimal minimal digital restrictions on this stuff because, you know, you're just basically taking something awesome. Like, hey, it's digital. All this great convenience for you now as a citizen or as a reporter, and then suddenly you're like, ah, we're taking it away. Why paranoia? I would like to talk to somebody about that and find out what their real concern is. The way you describe it makes no sense. Meeting calendar, something about meeting calendar.
4: Um, yeah, so so actually, Kevin, do you want to talk a little bit more about this?
3: I just like pointed whoever. I meeting know. calendar. <laughs> so I think there's a few things we're trying to get at. This one is just having a full meeting calendar that people can access. Um, one idea would be as the general idea of getting links to stuff on there, so you can go to the meeting calendar on the city page right now. It'll say, you know, Parks and recrea- Youth Parks and Recreation Committee meeting doesn't give you a link, doesn't give you an access, easy access to the agenda. You have to go traveling around the web page to try and access that information. So
1: that's just an issue of making the website a little more usable, saying we got the resources, it just takes a little tweaking to Put it make, all it, together. Make, it, make it more usable.
3: So I think there's another way, like what's on that calendar. I think, an example, I had to work this past week, the uh, Casa Cultural Dominicana had their mm. flag ceremony at City Hall, yeah. uh, and I had to work extra to try and get that onto the city webpage. So here's a public event being sponsored by the mayor's office being held in city hall, um, but no one knew how to get that onto the, the, the city hall calendar. Um, that stuff should automatically be getting onto the calendar. It shouldn't be a, a special request. Um, fortunately, Mike Lanava, mayor's office, was able to pull it off and make it happen, but it had, it had to be special. Uh, I think in a similar way, we were having a conversation earlier around, could we get the city manager's calendar online. Uh, I think it'd be a very interesting conversation to be able to see. I think he does a lot of work day in and day out, and people would better better see what he's working on and what he's doing, who he's meeting, where these meetings are and and We put need, his calendar online.
2: Well, just to go off that, I think there's this perception that people are only filing records requests because they want to dig up dirt or exhume dead bodies or just something right. like that. And, and something like that on, on the surface might sound like, well, what do you need to know my calendar for? Why do you want to know all this sort of Deeper information, but a lot of it's just to for information. I mean, just to inform people or just to learn more about research or things like that. I mean, um, the, the point of a records request isn't to, you know, see what's being hidden. It's to just bring more information to the surface that might get buried by other stuff that's being going being discussed by city council or other reports. And so th- this would just be a way to bring more information out to the public, so that there's more stuff for people to digest and see what's going on.
1: I want to say th- there was also a suggestion, um, maybe you made this, Jeremy, that it would be interesting to like to 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 get a request for a week of all the emails of city council or city manager or whoever and just like try to try to digest that and do a summary of like here's what a week of emails looks like from the city.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't. I, that wasn't me, but I, oh. I'll I'll endorse we, it for we, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, we, I think it'd be great. I, I think the same thing with the calendar. It's just mm-hmm. a way to show. It it just shows government in action. It shows government working. It shows how how. Something starts from just an idea over an email to what might end up on the city council agenda then next week, uh, or or for the city manager's calendar or anyone's calendar for that matter. It shows you know who's who's impacting public policy. Who's coming in a meeting with the person in charge of running the city? I mean, is it is it people from is it is that week education week? Is it uh, public? Um, uh, what's the like uh, roads and and construction kind of week? You know who's who's the one who's who are the people who are involved in those kinds of decisions on a level other than the city councilors or who we see on a weekly basis.
1: I'm going to keep moving things along. As usual, we have a great, super-packed show. We have about a minute and item for the next items. Items under suspension slash open meeting law. You can you know about yes. this.
4: So the city council right now um, has a section on their agenda called um, items under suspension. It's usually what happens is right when everybody is packing up, getting ready to go, some city councilors can basically shout out whatever they want to mention. So recently, <laughs> what what happened? Most of the time, it's oh, can you fill in this pothole, paint this crosswalk. But recently, what happened is my favorite councilor, Mike Germain, yes. mentioned that um, <laughs> that he wanted the city clerk to get a raise in exchange for the city receiving the revenue from uh, marriage ceremonies. Right,
1: because the the city clerk makes some money off of performing marriages. Anyway, go ahead.
4: And so this is something that had been mentioned before, but this particular compromise um, was not on the agenda. And although it was held by Councillor Lukes, it was something that could have easily passed. He had the votes for it to pass. And it could have all happened without any sort of public involvement or knowledge. The no. only place that this was mentioned was in a column in the telegram. So if someone didn't read that column, then they wouldn't have known that that was going to be mentioned. So
1: this was some sort of, wait, this is a compromise that was worked out behind closed doors and then just sort of like sent out into the world to hear it? Correct.
4: Up. Here it is. And and so I think that we we need, at minimum, better guidelines on what should be an item on, that's brought up under suspension.
1: What does that mean, under suspension?
4: Um, I, I think it's kind of you know that they have these rules that kind of are, are i think a little bit in conflict with the intention of the open meeting law mm-hmm. so basically it's your privilege as a counselor to bring up anything at the meeting but mm. of course that that kind of conflicts with what the open meeting law says wait you're
1: bringing it up not you're bringing it up at a meeting not as a public part of a public meeting
4: no it's part of a public meeting okay. but you don't have to put it on the agenda so for okay. instance if someone called you 2 hours ago and said the stop sign on my street, I need a stop sign on my street. Well, you could put that in to petition as an item under suspension rather than putting it in the, n- so, the next agenda. So, so it's
3: actually them disobeying the rules. So, so the rules say they can't do that. The rules say, And so they suspend the rules to allow not, them to do something the rules say they can't. The
1: rules say that, the, that you have to give people a heads up of a few days or whatever on what you're going to talk about at the meeting. And this rule says, well, you can say, well, if everybody's cool with it, we'll just bring up some stuff that we just thought of. And then people who might want to be there to somehow... Be a part of that conversation, or at least appear what's going yeah, on. Open
3: Open Meeting Law requires that this stuff is published forty hours in advance, so people see the agenda items. That's so that would be the suggestion there. Stop law. suspending
1: yeah. the rules. We got like no time left. Um, uh, uh, one suggestion is to try to have city meetings not so much be during work normal work hours. Another one would be to try to encourage the city council to endorse some sort of legislation on the state level um, uh, around government transparency. Uh, obviously the police department's use of social media comes into this and there is a suggestion that um, the police department should, uh, we should be making sure that the police department is properly archiving things that are happening on social media. Especially they should be archiving whenever you post a, a mean or stupid comment to their Facebook page that they should file that. They, should, they, should, they could delete it or they should file it so that we can do a public records request and find out what has been going on with their Facebook page. Um, also they should be archiving. Hopefully revisions to their online press releases, online press releases that they put up, and then when more mature heads enter the room, take down later. They should make sure that those press releases are also duly archived, so that people can figure out what's going on. Because otherwise, you get this swirl of weird rumors around what's going on with the the Facebook page, and uh, people can't really see any kind of pattern that may be going on, or, or uh, you know, just make sure that this stuff is all being done on the up and up. Uh, as as stuff being done by people who are paid by the public, there you go. We got a lot of we got a lot of suggestions, Gavin?
3: Yeah, so I, I think I think we should just wrap up. with this is an invitation. So this is a conversation we're starting here today, uh, but our goal is to invite folks to add to this list and be part of a process. So we're hoping city councilors and school committee members step up too. Uh, it'd mm. be great if some city councilors had some ideas of how our government could be more transparent and be more open. It'd be great if some school committee members had some idea how to improve their meetings and and access to information. Uh, So we're hoping to pull this all together for March for uh, Sunshine Week, and it'll be at that point that hopefully a larger group of us can move forward and and, and make these requests, probably some shorter list that we all agree on.
1: Sounds good. Guys, thanks for being on the show. Kevin Kassin, Community Gadfly. Jeremy Shulkin, reporter. Nicole Apostola, cemetery commissioner. Jen Burt, radical librarian, and Michael Morrissey via the telephone from Boston. Michael, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. All right, and thank you for watching. We'll talk to you next week.